Thank you for downloading this podcast of Andy's Movie Mashup from GFM 107.1. For rights reasons, the music has been removed, so it's just me talking. Enjoy. Oh yes, we're back. I've got. I'm recovering from a cold, so um, don't sound quite firing on all thrusters, as they might say. But anyway, on this week's show, we'll be talking about Solo, a Star Wars story that I went to see this week. Um, talking about three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri that I watched over the weekend with my wife, and Coco. So we got something brand new, something from the tail end of last year. Also be looking at uh, movies that are on TV this weekend. What's on at local venues, some DVD picks, quite a lot of DVD picks. It seems that um, people are suddenly getting all of their releases out. Um... Uh, there's no new Good Robot Annie's podcast, but I'll pick it up at the end of the show. Anyway, my son Harry is here. Say hello. Again. Uh, I couldn't hear you. I'll figure that out in a minute. Uh, anyway, some more music. This is uh, Dan Auerbach from the soundtrack to Up in the Air. And this is a track called Going Home. Sometimes you find a gem in amongst the film soundtrack, and I think that's one there. That's from The Hallow. That's an outfit called The Outlets, who sound a bit like a kind of unpolished Green Day, which is not a bad thing. That's a track called I'm a Mess. Before that, we had Down Our Back with a track called Going Home. That's from Up in the Air. Okay, say hello, Harry. Hello. Hooray. Um, Okay, so first movie this week is Solo, a Star Wars story, which came out last week. Um, it's a 2018 American space western film based on the Star Wars character Han Solo, directed by Ron Howard, produced by Luca, Lucasfilm, distributed by Disney. <clears throat> it's the second of the Star Wars anthology films following 2016's Rogue One, and a standalone instalment set prior to the events of A New Hope. It explores the early adventures of Han Solo and Chewbacca, who also meet a young Lando Calrissian and they are involved in a heist with the criminal underworld. The film stars Alden Ehrenreich as Solo, alongside Woody Harrelson, Emilia Clarke from Game of Thrones, Donald Glover, Tandy Newton, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Junus Sawatomo, and Paul Bettany. So this had a troubled production. Uh, the original directors, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, um, who you might know as the directors of things like the Lego movie and... Uh, the Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs uh, movies. <clears throat> they were originally earmarked to direct this, uh, but they moved on quite quickly, actually. Uh, they were replaced at very short notice by Ron Howard, who, uh, it is said, shot 70% of the film. So, you know, maybe discarding a lot of what they did. There was certainly some recasting involved. Uh, Michael C. Williams which was originally cast in the role that Paul Bettany plays in the film. He decided to leave when Lord and Miller left. So, you know, another another um, Disney Lucasfilm Star Wars movie has a troubled production, but is it any good? Um, so, the good things about the movie are, Alden Ehrenreich is terrific as Han Solo. I mean, He's got Harrison Ford's body language, his laconic charm. He's not just doing an impression of him, though. He's bringing something interesting to it. Um, Donald Glover is amazing as Lando. Just fantastic. That's one of the problems with the film is he's not in it enough. Although, you know, if they're saving that character for their own standalone movie, I'd be very happy about that. 
Um, Woody Harrelson is great, but he's always great. I'll be talking about him again on the show today. He's in um, three billboards. Um, Emilia Clarke is good. I mean, everybody's everybody's good in this. Um, after what I would could call a slightly strange opening that feels a bit discordant and a bit a bit jumpy and jolty, it settles down when the um, shall we say the uh, the smuggling and the um, underhand stuff starts to begin, and it, it's a kind of um, Ocean's Eleven in space kind of vibe to it, and that's that's a good thing. That's a very very good thing. And once that kicks in, and the tone pretty much stays consistent with that throughout, there's some zinging one-liners that I've been remembering since I saw the film that I can't really talk about because they're kind of plot spoilers, but they are funny. Um, we see the Kessel Run that Han talks about in um, A New Hope, when he's amazed that uh, Obi-Wan and Luke have never heard of the fact that the Millennium Falcon did the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs, or is it 14? Twelve. Twelve, Harry says. Okay, thank you. Um, we actually see that happen, which is exciting. Um, so I've heard uh, other uh, other people on the on podcasts or things say that, you know, prequels and things that flesh out backstory diminish characters. And they quoted the, uh, the Star Wars prequels. Um, I think that's definitely true. I think that um, in, in those movies' case... We already know everything we need to know about um, Darth Vader. We don't need to see a backstory for him. It does diminish the character. It weakens him, in fact. In this case, I do not think that um, Solo is diminished by it at all. I think that the decision to show us this story is a good one. It shows us that he has, you know, the... um, He can be pricked by conscience, Han Solo. We see that in A New Hope. We see it in this film as well, and we see how he deals with that and what he does about it. How he thinks on his feet, I think. I enjoyed this a lot. I think that the opening scene aside, uh, I think the rest of the movie is a cracking watch. It moves at breakneck speed. The script is good. The effects are fantastic. The performances are great. It's very different in tone to every other Star Wars movie. This is very much a caper. It's very much a, you know, as I said, like, Ocean's Eleven in space. That's what it is. Um, I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea how this is going to do at the box office. Um, there's been talk of people saying, yeah, people have Star Wars fatigue. But, you know, there's been already been two Marvel movies this year, both of which have broken box office records. So it won't be Star Wars fatigue that causes Solo to fail. It might be the fact that maybe people don't engage with the film. And that's a whole different matter altogether. But I did like it. I thought it was good. Um, on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a rating of 70%. With a consensus reading, a flawed yet fun and fast-paced space adventure. It should satisfy newcomers to the saga, as well as long-time fans who can check their expectations at the theatre door. I think that's a bit rude. I don't think you should. You know, whatever expectations you have, be they high or low... They are what they are. I don't think you should check them. I was looking forward to being entertained, and I was entertained. And it's rated 12A. This one is a low 12A, though, I'd say. Um, there's a couple of scenes of Chewbacca doing the thing that Han talks about in um, in A New Hope, where he says that what Chewies, what what Wookiees do when they lose. He does that a couple of times, which is funny and also quite grisly, uh, although you don't actually see it. 
Um, so I liked it. Go see it if you're interested. That was the always wonderful Nerf Herder with a track called I'm the Droid You're Looking For. That's not from the soundtrack to Solo. I just played it because it's got a Star Wars connection. And before that was John Powell with Meet Han. I thought it was rather good. Incidentally, um, Lando, or Lando refers to Han as Han, gets corrected repeatedly and still calls him Han, which is consistent with um, Empire Strikes Back and everything else, um, which I thought was a nice touch. Okay, so next movie is Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. It's a 2017 drama film written, directed, and produced by Martin McDonough. It stars Frances McDormand as a mother who rents three billboards to call attention to her daughter's unsolved murder. Woody Harrelson, Sam Rockwell, John Hawkes, and Peter Dinklage appear in supporting roles. It was released in the United States in November 2017 and the UK in January 2018 by Fox. Uh, so yes, this came out earlier this year. It's one I've been looking forward to watching for quite some time. Um, it won... I've got it noted down here, actually. Um, who won? Yes, so uh, Frances McDormand won Best Actress at the Oscars and Sam Rockwell won Best Supporting Actor. It was nominated in various other categories as well. It was one of the big sort of Oscar contenders this year. Um, so I'm a big fan of Mark McDonald's um, movies. Uh, actually, the track I started the show with, which was uh, The First Cut is the Deepest, is from Seven Psychopaths, which is one of his, which also features Woody Harrelson and Sam Rockwell. So um, this uh, generated a great deal of um, uh, publicity at the time that it was released, and I think since then as well, because of the Me Too movement, because the time's up, because uh, Frances McDormand plays a woman whose who's, uh, teenage daughter, Angela, uh, was raped and murdered seven months earlier. Um, she's angry that the police have seemingly not had any leads at all and appear to just be sitting on the case. So one day, she's driving along a road that um, doesn't really seem to go anywhere, and uh, she sees three three billboards that look rather tattered. She sees a a note on them that says, do you want to rent this billboard? Then um, come and talk to us. So she does, and she rents them. She gives them a lot of money up front, and um, she puts on the billboards uh, things about the case, um, and uh, why haven't the police done anything about it? Uh, this, of course, generates a great deal of attention, both pos- positive and negative, uh, but it does uh, serve to uh, you know, get things shaken up in the town and things start moving, but maybe not in the way that she expected them to. She is a, a woman with a singular purpose in life, and that is to try and find her daughter's killer, <clears throat> with the help of the police, of course. Um. It is an incredible movie. I was um, I was expecting it to be harrowing and challenging, and it is those things, but it's also incredibly funny, and it's incredibly funny a lot of the time, um, which I suppose I should have expected because I think Seven Psychopaths, despite its title, is incredibly funny a lot of the time as well, and so is this. Um, I, I think it's an incredible piece of work. Uh, McDormand is on just fantastic form. I don't think I've ever seen her in a Duff movie, as is Woody Harrelson, Sam Rockwell, uh, Peter Dinklage in very much a supporting role in this one uh, is also terrific. Uh, the cinematography is yeah beautiful and bleak at the same time, you know, sort of showing the the um, 
you know, the bleakness of the American Midwest. It is um, it's a stunning film. Uh, I you know it's hard hard for me to praise it any more than I can, in terms of the fact that if you didn't see it at the cinema, um, then uh, you you should watch it on DVD or Blu-ray right now because it's fantastic. Um, on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a rating of ninety-two percent. With the consensus reading, the film deftly balances black comedy against searing drama and draws unforgettable performances from its veteran cast along the way. It's a good point. I think that um, there are precious few roles for older female actresses or older female actors in Hollywood. And um, Frances McDormand absolutely, absolutely nails this, uh, as do the you know Woody Harrelson, Sam Rockwell, etc., Fantastic. Watch it. It's rated 15. Um, yeah, I can't praise it highly enough. I'd watch it again tomorrow, actually, or at any time, because it's so good. Now, that was uh, Renee Fleming with her, tr- with her track called The Last Rose of Summer. That's from the soundtrack to uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Before that was Towns Van Zandt with Buttskin Stallion Blues, also from Three Billboards, which might be this film's this week's film of the week. Who knows? Uh, okay, so last movie this week is uh, Coco. It's a 2017 American 3D computer animated fantasy film produced by Pixar Animation Studios and released once again by Walt Disney, based on the original idea by Lee Unkrich. It is directed by him and co-directed by Adrian Molina. And the voice cast stars Anthony Gonzalez, Gail Garcia Barnell, Benjamin Bratt, Alana Ubach, Rene Victor, Anna Ophelia. Mogia uh, and Edward James Olmos. And the story follows a 12-year-old boy named Miguel, sorry, Miguel Rivera, who is accidentally transported to the land of the dead, where he seeks the help of his de- deceased musician great-great-grandfather to return him to his family among the living. <laughs> the concept for Coco is based on the Mexican holiday of the dead, the Day of the Dead, rather, the film was scripted by um, yeah, Molina and um, Matthew Aldrich from a story by Uncritch, Jason Katz, Aldrich and Molina. So, there we go. That's the, um, that's the blah. This is an interesting one because it's the first big budget uh, studio movie with an all Latino cast, which is really cool, I think. Have you seen it, Harry? Oh, cool. Let's go on, Mike. I've seen it. You have? Do you yeah. like it? Uh, yeah, I thought it was really good. What do you like about it? Um, Actually, can you turn that mic around so that it's facing you? That's it. Yeah, um, that's better. I think the part that I liked the most was the uh, the the way that they set it all out and how it's like y- usually. Disney movies are like fantasy stuff like that, but this is more. This is at a different culture, mm. so that's what I like about it. Okay, I like how it's different. It's showing a different culture. Yeah, yeah, which is cool. Um, I think certainly for us living in Europe, the concept of a Day of the Dead is a strange one. Um, but uh, I found. Uh, I found this film, uh, at least the sort of um, the opening of the film and then the lead up to the where you see what is, what is effectively the land of the dead. 
I found it to be, um, I don't know, there was something a little bit pedestrian about it. Now, that's difficult and hard for me to say about a Pixar movie. But uh, once the once we see The Land of the Dead and we learn about how once the person who you're closest to, the last person to remember you, is going to forget you, then you disappear from The Land of the Dead. That's actually very poignant and very powerful because, you know, we want people to remember us forever. But that is obviously not going to happen unless you're incredibly famous or rich. Um, but there is also an interesting plot line going on here. Don't want to give anything away about it because it's a massive spoiler. But uh, Miguel, who lives with his grandma Coco and their family, he secretly dreams of being a musician like a man called Ernesto de la Cruz, but his family won't allow anybody to play music in the family for an unknown reason. Once he gets to the land of the dead... He understands what that reason is, and he tries to do something about it. Um, he also discovers a terrible family secret as well, and tries to put that right. So, I think that this is a movie, definitely a movie of two halves. Um, once it gets to the land of the dead, it zips along at a rare old place. It's got some very funny um, psychic action from a little dog, which I enjoyed a great deal. Did you like that? You're smiling. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's good fun, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he reminded me of our dog, actually. Yeah, hungry and disobedient. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I thank you. I think that uh, I think that it's not one of Pixar's best. However, there is a moment in the film when I was expecting to be emotionally moved, and I was. I was in bits. Very, very moving moment in the film. Um, but I wouldn't consider this to be up with stuff like Inside Out or um, even Up. It's not quite as good as those, but it is good. Technically, it's a marvel. As you know, for each, each of these films that Pixar produces, they push the technical envelope just a little bit further so that you can see that it's not very far away, that they'll be able to, they'll be able to animate a background so well that it looks entirely real. And that is incredible. Um, so it's good I don't think it's just quite, quite as good as the high points of Pixar but those high points are very high indeed I, I think that Inside Out is one, one of the greatest movies ever made about mental health I think that this movie has a lot to say about death and life that's a good thing as well because I think that particularly in Western Europe we don't really engage with death in a very healthy way um, and that's a bad thing that's definitely a bad thing uh, so on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a rating of 97%, uh, which says its rich visual pleasures are matched by a thoughtful narrative that takes a family-friendly and deeply affecting approach to questions of culture, family, life and death. Uh, and it's the site's highest rated animated film and the ninth highest rated wide release of 2017. So I think I'm out of step with that a bit, um, but I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. It's rated PG. Uh, okay, so DVD picks. There's quite a lot this week. People seem to have cleared out their release schedule. Uh, so out this week, either now or from Monday, is Darkest Hour. Joe Wright's uh, account of, um, well, Dunkirk and Churchill 
saying we're not going to be doing deals with tyrants. Um, that had good reviews. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Gary Oldman won an Oscar for that, which is cool. Uh, then Early Man is out. With Have you seen that? No. Uh, Maze Runner, The Death Cure is out on DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, Journey's End is out, which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, Downsizing, which I'm not really looking forward to, but because I'm a fan of Alexander Payne, I'll probably watch it anyway. Uh, Mercy with... Oh, who's that? Uh, I know it's Rachel Weiss. I'm trying to think about Colin Firth. That's it. Uh, Winchester with Helen Mirren. That had terrible reviews. And uh, there's a new Blu-ray of Midnight Cowboy. That's a Criterion release. Thank you for downloading and listening to this podcast from GFM 107.1. Don't forget that you can follow me on Twitter at cockers underscore 97 and on my Facebook page, which is Andy's Movie Mashup.